Hello and welcome to Proudly Off Payroll. I'm James Poyser. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Any Accounts. And this podcast is where I share my opinions and thoughts on the consulting and contracting industry. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how the consulting and contracting industry has changed and why, contrary to what you might think with April's changes, it's actually more important than ever that you take responsibility for your IR35 status. It's fair to say that the consulting and contracting industry has already changed. The direction of the tide has switched. End clients are now once again ramping up their determinations for April 2021. And you might think actually that you can be passive in all of this, but you really can't. You need to be proactive. You need to be informed and you need to take responsibility for your long-term IL-35 status. This isn't just about your current engagement. This is about your future as a consultant or contractor and the kind of business that you want to run. And logic would say uh, that as you know, end clients are now doing these status determinations, that you would be less responsible. But I would actually disagree. There is now much, much more scrutiny and you are now, now far more responsible than ever for driving the determination that's right for you. So, you know, we'll cover things like, you know, working practices and making sure they are as sharp as they can be. Stakeholder management, influencing and education, making sure that you've got the right skills to find the right clients to deliver the right determination for your business. You need to think about what your plan is. What's your path? What is your route through these IR35 changes? And how are you going to shape your future as a consultant or contractor? And the choices that you make will determine your long-term IR35 status. And it may well be that you conclude it's not even that important to you to be outside IR35. And that's a perfectly valid point of view as well. I'd like to kick off by considering the client's point of view. So let's just look at some of the things that you might feel are um, a little bit unfair. So things like PSC bans, uh, role-based determinations where a whole clutch of people are pushed inside R35. Uh, perhaps you're one of the 30% of um, people who've been delivered a uh, assessed inside R35 determination. Well, from a client's point of view, there's very little incentive to get somebody outside IR35 and engage with them in that way. It presents a risk. You know, there's a tax risk that goes with that. There is a compliance risk that goes with that. The last thing that they want is HMRC knocking on their door and inquiring about the status of the consultants and contractors that they engage with. Therefore, for many end clients, the default position will be one of PAYE only, unless there is an exception. And by doing this, they really are minimising their legal risk and they're minimising their tax risk. And the risk that they're presented with instead is a resourcing risk. And that is that they might not be able to find the consultants and contractors that they need to deliver their projects. And when we talk about uh, an individual uh, consultant or contractor taking responsibility for IR35, understanding the client's perspective is a really important part of this. And if you know, you've been offered um, an engagement which is inside R35 or PAYE only, and it looks like it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future. Are you willing to accept that or not? And if you're not, if you can't, and if you're not going to accept that, is it realistic for you to work with clients who are willing 
and able to overcome that risk. And you need to think about, you know, are they willing to overcome that risk to engage with a business exactly like yours? And that is not going to happen by accident. Nobody owes you that. You have got to take responsibility for it. And this week I've been chatting to an employment status expert who works for end clients. So they sit down with clients and they help them to determine the status of consultants and and contractors. And they said something that was quite surprising, which is um, many clients are actually open-minded to conversations about IR35 status. Um, But what they did say is what you need to think about is who an end client is going to have a serious discussion with and who they are not going to entertain a serious discussion with. So imagine we, on one hand, we've got a contractor who's very well prepared uh, for the discussion, understands IR35 well, they're prepared with evidence, with an assessment, and they're building a very good case for why they should be outside IR35. On the other side of the table, we've got another uh, contractor who uh, you know, has a, a similar grievance about their, their determination, but simply crosses their arms and says, well, I should be outside IR35 simply because I always have been. And, you know, there are quite a few uh, contracts and consultants in in that uh, in that latter camp. I'm relatively confident that if you are uh, listening to this podcast, uh, you are probably going to be in the former and are looking and are already taking responsibility um, for your for your status. And that's what this is about. It's about having those discussions. It's about having that confidence. It's about actively managing and trying to do everything you can to get the status that you want, either for this engagement or for the next one. And as we go through this and, and discuss this in, in the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm not going to offer you any um, any guarantees. There's no silver bullets. It may well be that your clients don't want a discussion. It may well be it's a PSC ban and they're simply uh, not open uh, to, to talk about it. And there's nothing I can say or do uh, that can help you to overcome that. But here's an insight for us to, to think about. We recently did a poll on the off payroll LinkedIn page and we asked a question of those who'd been found to be outside R35 uh, in April 2021. And we asked them whether they were passive about it or whether they were active about driving that status and active about engaging in uh, those discussions with the clients. And we know that one in two contractors who are outside R35 were active in those discussions. And it's about the right mindset. It's about being proactive and driving the outcomes that you want and thinking about all those things that you can influence and putting to one side those things that you can't. This reminds me of, um, I'm sure many of you have read it, which is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's a, it's a pretty famous uh, book about personal um, personal productivity. And early on in that book, uh, Stephen Covey introduces this concept of the circle of concern and the circle of influence. And I think this has got um, many parallels when it comes to IR35 and the mindset that consultants and contractors need to adopt. So we have something called a circle of concern. So it's a large circle and in there are all the things that concern us. So from a consultant contractor point of view, you're going to be concerned about a PSC ban. You're going to be concerned about being pushed inside IR35. You're going to be concerned about the the consequential impact on your business or your lifestyle. You may well just be concerned about trying to find your next gig. You know, you might well be benched and thinking, right, I need I need an income. So we have this large circle, which is all the things uh, that could possibly keep you awake at night. Then within that, there is a smaller circle, the circle of influence. 
And in here are all the things that you can actually influence. So it might well be that you can influence your end client in the status determination. It might be that you could influence your hiring manager. So if your hiring manager is going to be making that determination, do you have the ability to influence them? And maybe you can't. And, you know, maybe it's inevitable that you're going to be pushed onto PAYE, but perhaps you can influence a rate uplift. And something that you certainly can do is influence the direction of your business and your career. So you can think about your skill set. You can think about moving into, into different industries. These are the things that you can influence. And in between this, so we've got a large circle of uh, concern. We've got the circle of influence. And in between that, we've got the things that we're concerned about, but we can't influence. These are the things that we have no control over. And in Stephen Covey's book, he talks about the concept of proactive and reactive people. So a a proactive person focuses on the circle of influence, the things that they can do something about. So can they influence that hiring manager? Can they influence the end client? Can they influence the agent? Or can they start to think about shifting the tack of their career trajectory and their business plans so they are able to grow that circle of influence? So they, they're always looking for things that they can do something about. And the point is, if you're a proactive person, you are looking to enlarge your circle of influence. And having options is one of those things that enlarges your circle of influence. On the flip side, Stephen Covey also talks about reactive people. So the reactive people focus on the circle of concern. They tend to have a large circle of concern, but a much smaller circle of influence. And they tend to focus on the problems in the external environment. So, you know, it's it's the man, you know, it's it's the man who's doing all this. It's the blaming accusations. It's the feeling of victimization. It's the conspiracy that it's the big floor, big four that's influenced the government's position on IR35. It's Rishi Sunak's dad. The amount of times I've read that on LinkedIn. Did you know that Rishi Sunak's dad is the CEO of Infosys? And isn't it, you know, coincidental that... IR35 is going through and it's like, well, no, no, it's not. IR35 has been on the table for 20 years and the consulting and contracting industry has had 20 years to self-police and nothing's happened and now this is the result and it has nothing to do with Rishi Sunak's dad. And if you're proactive, you would have the right mindset and get your head around this. But the point being, you know, if you are reactive, your circle of influence shrinks. And Stephen calls Stephen Covey calls this being proactive, you know, trying to increase your circle of influence. And when it comes to consulting and contracting, I like to talk about taking responsibility. And when you look ahead to the future of this industry and where we're all going, this is something that you need to take seriously. Do you really want your status to vary from engagement to engagement and to be down to a game of chance, a roll of a dice, the whim of an end client? Or do you want to grow your circle of influence, take responsibility for the outcomes that you want? And it might not help you in this current engagement. It might not even help you this year. But will it help you with the one after that? Will it help you with your medium term plans? Will it help you to achieve the goals that you want to achieve? So what I've got now are a collection of a few tips. So these tips have come from my conversations with any accounts clients, uh, we are blessed to have a very proactive um, bunch of uh, of influencers. Uh, so they're, they're very vocal, very engaged, and are doing a very, very good job 
of getting themselves uh, into a position where they're being deemed outside R35. So thank you to all the in accounts clients um, who I've spoken to recently who've, who've helped me with this. And also to everybody who's emailed me via off payroll and all the conversations that we've had as well. So hopefully uh, I'm going to do you justice with, um, with some of the things that um, I've learned over the last few months. So the first tip is about increasing your knowledge. And it's about becoming an expert on IR35. You can no longer um, hide under a rock with this one you are going to have to engage in conversations about IR35. There are lots and lots of hearsay when it comes to IR35, a lot of information, a lot of silly facts that simply aren't true. So it's really important that you get a good understanding of IR35, that you can engage in these conversations, and this underpins everything else from here on in. So if you've avoided previously learning about IR35, I'm sorry to say, now's the time that you need to crack on um, and really start to upskill. Some excellent resources out there. Um, obviously, if you're an any accounts client, uh, we've got our IR35 action planner in there. There's a load of uh, videos, podcasts, articles, uh, and we even have some plans to help you um, follow different routes uh, through the upcoming changes. Other things that I can recommend are uh, Dave Chaplin's books. Uh, so some of his books are excellent and give you a very good insight to the technical side of IR35. And his website's great as well, uh, Contract Calculator, lots of lots of good resources on there as well. So that's your starting point. Increase your knowledge. You need to become an expert on IR35. The second tip is about assessing your current situation. So if you're currently facing a determination with a client, so, so you're on an engagement, you know that you're going to have your um, working practices assessed soon, then take the time to look through your client's eyes at your current engagement and Try and look at it from the point of view of the client's jumpy, pessimistic, risk-averse lawyer. You know, we can all imagine the caricature of that person, but imagine that they are looking at not just your contract, but also your working practices and trying to catch you out to minimise their risk, because that is the approach that end clients will be taking. So there's no point... You know, in, in, when you're self-assessing your status, there is no point in kidding yourself. If your contract says that you can send a substitute, but the reality is it's never going to happen. Your end client simply wouldn't allow you to send an unfettered substitute. Then you can't send a substitute. So you need to be realistic about this. Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. In terms of how you can go about um, getting this, this work in practice assessment done, uh, there's uh, three options. Uh, so again, if you're an any accounts client, you can use our working practice uh, assessment tool. I promise this, this podcast isn't a pitch for, for any accounts. It's starting to sound like it. Uh, but no, so, so we've got our working practice um, assessment tool. Uh, that asks you about 80-odd questions and it presents you with two simultaneous views of your uh, determination, your working practices. One is a broad employment law perspective. So that's, you know, a third party looked at you or if it went to a tribunal, um, or it'd be a good place um, for a negotiation, it gives you that broad view, but it also gives you a assessed view as well. So if this was done via assessed, what would that look like? And that's a great starting point if your client is using assessed, and it allows you to engage in a productive conversation and highlight exactly where the differences are between assessed determination and an employment law determination. So that's, that's ours. Um, other commercial products that are out there are uh, Kingsbridge. So Kingsbridge, uh, the insurance company, they offer a, a package um, where you pay a fee per year um, for insurance. And it also includes 
unlimited access to their working practice review tool. And the other one that's out there as well is uh, IL35 Shield. So Dave Chaplin's IL35 Shield has a monthly subscription where you can use that and get working practice reviews. And you could always use CEST, um, but don't. It, it, it's just, you know, fine. Have, have a quick play with it, you know, pl- pl- plug some um, some answers in and see what happens. But the problem, the problem is with CEST is it's not going to help you build the strongest case that you can for being outside R35. The limitations are uh, very well documented and it may well be that you need to leverage some of those shortcomings to get yourself outside R35. So if you're serious about um, getting outside R35, make sure you invest in a good tool to help you get there. And the point of doing this is that you want to understand your strengths, uh, so strengths in your working practices, and also the risks as well. So coming back to that, that risk-averse lawyer, what are the bits that they're going to uh, put the uh, put the red pen on? And you need to think about what are the things that you can do to change or overcome those risks. So that's the second tip. Third tip um, is about uh, acting uh, as early as you can and understanding who it is in your end client's organisation who's going to be doing determinations and doing what you can to influence them. I have a bit of a bugbear, um, and that is the contracts and consultants who are on social media and blaming clueless hiring managers for putting the wrong question into the spreadsheet and end up being inside IR35. And this blaming is is reactive. You know, think about what we're saying about proactive versus reactive. This is a very reactive trait. And what's a proactive trait? Again, chatting to clients. What are they doing? They're engaging in stakeholder management. They're figuring out who it is who's going to be doing their determinations and seeing what they can do to influence them, be it hiring managers, somebody in HR, whoever it may be. And they're being overt about their working practices. They're making it very clear that they don't work on anything that's outside of their contract. They make it very clear that they work the pattern that's right for them, not one that's right for the organisation. They're educating and supporting hiring managers through uh, through this process. They're doing what they can to to influence them. And, you know, this is about making sure that both yourself and your hiring manager or whoever's doing that determination both agree on the reality um, in which you're existing in. And, and that's, you know, the, the answers that they give to any determination correctly reflect that reality. So that's tip number three. The third one is about um, you go again. Think about engaging confidently with clients. It's about challenging and discussing your status confidently, and think about those two contractors sat around that table again. So the one who's there who brings out the ring binder, and the evidence, and the contract, and the details, and the reasons why they're in business on their own account, and all their invoices, and you know presents a very compelling case, and the other one who just crosses their arms and goes, well. I should be outside because I always have been. You need to be that former. You know, you need to be that, you know, your end client is going to be evaluating risk. So how can it be that they can look at you and think, actually, they don't present a risk to me? Uh, So you need to be there with your evidence. You need to be prepared. You need to be realistic um, about the outcome of that conversation. And you need to present that case. And remember, you know, you're in business here. So this is about your influencing skills, your negotiating skills and your ability to be articulate and confident in your discussions about your status. Um, And again, if you're in any accounts, uh, client, use our working practices tool in there. You've got the ability to add evidence against each question. 
hit the print button and you get a nicely uh, formatted PDF ready to uh, ready to, to take to your end client or, or email and have that discussion. Next tip is um, it's about staying compliant going forward. So let's say you're in a really good position and you've uh, had that conversation with your client and they've agreed that you are outside uh, the scope of our payroll, you're outside um, IR35, you're going to breathe a, a slight sigh of, sigh of relief, uh, you know, so enjoy that, um, enjoy that beer, that gin. Um, but that's not where it stops because what we're seeing is that many end clients are engaging in a process of sixth monthly reviews of working practices. I would also expect to see spot checks and spot audits coming up, uh, coming up from end clients. HMRC will soon start to ramp up um, their auditing and their compliance checks as well. So it's not going to stop. Just because you get that, um, that, that decision doesn't mean that you can relax. So keep an eye on your working practices. Make sure every few months you're taking the time to step back, look at how you're working, how you're engaging with that client, and make sure that you do continue to be uh, employing IR35 best practices. Um, so what do you do if you are uh, not outside IR35? So you can't you can't influence uh, the client. Perhaps they're, you know, they've got a PSC ban or they're just not entertaining a discussion. So think about your next engagement then. So think about what can you do to increase your power when it comes to your next engagement. It's about having options that's that increases your circle of influence. So things like, um, you know, even something simple like a war chest. So, you know, many of our clients at any accounts have pretty big war chests. You know, they, they might be talking about 18 to 36 months of income in their business to allow them to get over any humps in the road. And why this is important is that a war chest gives you the freedom to say no. It allows you it buys you some time to find the the contract that is right for you. Um, so, so war chest is is one of those things that you can do. Uh, look at alternative clients, and I know this, this might be easier said than done. But look at things like: can you transfer your skills into uh, another industry? Uh, look be, beyond the large firms as well. You know, there's sixty thousand companies out there that use consultants and contractors, and we all get fixated on you know the FTSE 100s or the leaders in each uh, in each sector. But there are many other organisations, even you know here at any accounts we use. Uh, consultants and contractors um, quite extensively. Uh, you know, we're only a, we're only a small company, um, but we engage them. We're obviously um, IR35 friendly, um, and you know we appreciate the value and and you know pay good rates as well. So you know, so so look beyond those largest clients and see if there are any alternative ways to engage uh, with other companies. Um, you might want to look at things like you know, so so your niche your niche skills. So how can it be that you are developing skills that are in demand from multiple clients. Um, that's another way to increase your power for your next uh, engagement. Pivoting, that seems to be um, kind of the word of the year for, for, for 2020 for many uh, any accounts clients. It's about pivoting. It's about realising that the current trajectory that we're on is not uh, going to allow them to achieve their goals. And it's about pivoting and thinking about doing things differently. It's about acting more like a business. Uh, and on that point, many of our clients um, recently... Well, not recently, but over the last few years, have are switching from solo contract operations to building out uh, small consultancy firms. Um, I was speaking to somebody recently who's got, uh, you know, who's gone from being a solo contractor to now having nine full-time uh, employees. I mean, we, we were chatting because his end client was trying to do an IR35 determination. That's a, a, a bonkers um, 
different story for for, for another day. Um, but but you know that's not an isolated incident. Incident. So many of our clients are pushing to become boutique consultancy firm owners. So there's a few options. Um, if you know if you feel like none of those um, apply and you, you you don't feel like you've got any any options and you are facing uh, a life of, of, of PAYE umbrella inside R35. Um, yeah, it's going to feel pretty unfair. I think that's um, that's fair to say. It might be that you know you you just don't have that leverage and and negotiating um, power. And I think what you need to do is that if you if you don't have much influence, you need to decide uh, what it is that you're going to do. And if you haven't got that influence, I think that you must you know even for your own well being, you've got to either accept it or exit the market and look at a perm role or retiring or whatever your options are. And and when it comes to acceptance and accepting um, being on PAYE, perhaps you might want to think about why you started consulting and contracting in the first place, um, or think why is it why is it important that you are outside R thirty five, and think about some of those reasons. So think about you know flexibility, you know getting a better rate than a perm, um, not having management responsibility, no performance reviews, no cheesy offsites, awkward moments, no office politics, um, you know doing the things that you like, moving from client to client. Well, all of those things can still happen um, if you are inside IR35. So if you are still feeling um, sore about your determination, maybe just step back and think about the things that you do enjoy about being a consultant or a contractor. And the final tip uh, that I've got for you is to remember that this is an ongoing process. So just to recap, you know, I was saying that logic would say that, you know, the clients are now responsible for determinations. So it means that you are less responsible. But again, I'm going to push home that argument that you are now more responsible than ever. You're responsible for yourself. You're responsible for getting yourself into the right position. You're responsible for increasing that circle of influence, giving yourself options, increasing your negotiating power, increasing your ability to drive that determination. And that's for this engagement. It's for your next engagement. It's for every single engagement in the future. You want to be in that position of influence to allow you to own and run the business that you want. That's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it uh, as much as I enjoyed chatting to our clients in researching it. As always, come and find me on LinkedIn. I'm James Poyser. If there's anything I can help with, please do reach out, uh, send me a message and I'll do whatever I can to to help you. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast in your favourite app. We're on you know, Spotify, Apple, Google. Uh, next time, uh, I'm going to be discussing the topic of being indispensable, which is really about trying to tip those scales of influence in your favour. And finally, remember, if you are looking for an accountant uh, who's on your side when it comes to IR35 and really pushing to help you work outside IR35, please do consider any accounts. Come and take a look uh, at, the, at the good stuff we do. Uh, we're really busy at the moment welcoming consultants and contractors switching away from the large uh, chicken factory uh, accountancy brands without naming any names, but I'm sure you know uh, who they are. Uh, if that's you uh, and you're looking for um, an accountancy service that's going to be good uh, for the next few years as we navigate through IR35, please do give us a call. And uh, I'm sure if you pester uh, Jess enough, and that's that's somebody who you'd, uh, you'd, you'd chat to um, when you appoint us, uh, if you pester enough, I'm sure she'll give you the first uh, three months for free as well. 
uh, just tell her that you uh, that you listen to the podcast. Uh, that's it from me. Uh, please do subscribe, and I will see you next time.